worship him and to praise him and fulfill his purpose. Amen. If you have your word of God with you this morning, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from there this morning. It looks as if that uh, Katrina's a little warm out there today. I don't know if it's warm in here or if it's just the Holy Ghost all over here this morning. But we thank God for that this morning. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. This is a two-part message. I will be preaching part of it this morning. Tonight, I plan to come and preach it tonight. I always tell them I have a message prepared when I stand before you. But 90% of the time, as the people know that sing with me in the worship team, nothing I plan ever stays the way it's supposed to be. So uh, I just have to follow the leadership of the Lord this morning. I always have it. I feel like I should always be in season and out of season. I should have a message that is prepared. But a lot of times the Lord changes that. And he changes that because of the atmosphere. I tell you, I wish that all of you come in here with some joyful lips. I'll be so glad to see all of y'all just happy for the Lord one time. It'll bless my heart. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 7. The word of God says, but starting at verse 7. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, talking about the Ten Commandments, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation to be glory, much more doeth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which we was made was made glorious had no glory in this respect, by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for unto this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Anybody ever have problems reading the Old Testament and understanding it, by the way? Amen? There's a reason why. Henry just said it. He said when you read the Old Testament, the veil is still there to you if you don't know Christ and you're not in Christ. If you're not far enough into the realm of God, you'll never understand the Old Testament. You'll never see the shadows of it. But he says there, he said, I'm going to speak to you in verse 13, not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Everybody say, it's done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Look at somebody say, it's going to be taken away this morning. In Jesus' name. Now, the Spirit, the Lord, is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, 
there is liberty. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Everybody holler out and say, I'm free this morning. I have no limitations. I have nothing that's holding me back. I have nothing that's holding me back. I can do whatever I want to do. I can move in the power of God, do anything I want to do, because the veil of glory is taken away. I can call on an angel right now to shake you up. I can call on God to show up and shake you up. I can call the Holy Ghost and sick the Holy Ghost on you, because the veil has been taken away. Look at somebody say, he took it away. The veil has been taken away. But the Spirit, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. But we, with open face, Looking into the mirror, the word of God, the mirror of God, we see the glory of God. And the more we look at the glory of God, we become what the glory of God is. Amen. And we're done so by the Spirit. That's why I can tell a whole lot of you ain't picked your Bible up all week. Matter of fact, I want you this morning before I preach, I want you to understand and ask yourself, when's the last time I really looked at my Bible? When is the last time I really looked at the glory of God? When is the last time I looked at God in his eyes? This is the only place that you can see God in his eyes. This is the only place you can see God in all of his fullness. This is the only place that you can see him in all of his character. This is the only place that you can see him in all of his languages. This is the only way that you can see God as he moves and as he wants to be revealed unto you today. And if you want God in your life, you must love your word because this is what changes you. I can preach to you all day long, but it's not going to change you until you get the word of God inside of you. The Bible said faith comes by hearing. You can believe the word of God, but what changes you is the anointed word of God. A man unanointed can read the anointed word of God and it will change your life. Look at somebody and say, read your Bible. Amen. Today we're going to be talking about entering into the glory realm. But today I want everybody to look at someone and say, the veil has been taken away. Turn to Matthew chapter number 27 very quickly. I want to show you that I'm speaking scripturally and that I'm giving you some sound doctrine here today. The veil was taken away not only in the heavenlies, it was also taken away on the cross of Jesus Christ. When Jesus cried out and said, it is finished, hell began to quake, earth began to quake, the nation of Israel began to quake, and God came down in the power of his glory and ripped the, the, the veil from the top of the veil all the way down to the bottom of it ripped it 60 foot wide 60 foot tall God ripped it so nobody else can put it signifying to us that the glory of God is accessible unto man today you can walk in the glory realm you can swim in the glory realm you can experience the glory realm you can have the glory realm in your life someone shout amen like you mean it Chapter 27, verse number 57, the word of God declares unto us, and it reads this way. It says, and they that laid hold on Jesus, let, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one, ain't it? Verse 2, I'm in chapter 26. Go to chapter 27, verse 27, 57. I'm sorry, I mixed it up. And when evening was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also said, am I in the right chapter? I'm in the right chapter. 27, 51, I'm sorry, I'm reading 57. 
I was, I'll tell you, I wrote it down. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top of the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the satyrian and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake, and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truth. Truly, this was the Son of God. That's what's got to happen in the world today. We have got to show the world that God is still alive. And we've got to show the world that there is still the power of God to shake some things up. I believe that God this morning is desiring to raise up some dead spirits. He's desiring to raise up some dead bodies. I believe he's desiring to raise up some people to be healed under the power of Almighty God. Look at your neighbor here this morning and tell them, say the has been removed. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless your word. I use it today to do and accomplish your purpose. Have your way here today. Anoint my lips. Purge me of all human dross. Allow the word of God to penetrate deeply in every heart, soul, mind, and body. I'll praise you in advance. I don't need to see you to do it, to give you the praise. I want to say today, I know you're going to do it in the power of the Holy Ghost. And the church said in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So the Lord has had us here today is talking about the power of the Holy Ghost, and he's had us talking about the glory. Yesterday, and I don't normally read this, but yesterday this came in the mail, so I want to show you confirmation from another minister that God is doing something. The Bible says that God will speak in two or three witnesses, and God will always confirm his prophet's word. And here you have it. I have told you that God in 2021 is going to usher Living Water Worship Center into the glory realm. And I still see some of you not believing that in your action. But this man here said basically that we are carriers of the glory of Almighty God. The Bible says that you have this in earthen vessels. You have the glory of Almighty God in earthen vessels. Someone shout amen. amen. And in the red here, he said Jesus wants us to be just like him. He said in Ephesians 5, 27, that he wants to present his church to himself as a glorious church. Look at somebody say, we got to be a glorious church. Now, it all goes, all goes on, and he says, We are called to display the beauty of Christ's handiwork, and wherefore we go, we should be ministers of his power. Yeah. People should see the glory of God in us. Amen. Now, here's confirmation. Give God a good hand clap for confirmation. Amen. Not only that, he goes further, and he says, All right, now we're going to go glory the glory. We're moving from one stage to the next stage. We're not going to be happy staying in one place. We're going to move from one realm to the other realm. So I've been preaching this for how many weeks now? Three, four weeks? And all of a sudden this comes in my mailbox and God tells me to tell you here today that I am confirming right before your eyes get ready because the glory is on the way. Somebody shout out amen like you believe it. Amen. Says you must keep the pedal to the metal and keep the word coming out of your mouth all the time. How many of you I told you that? Look at somebody say, speak the word of faith. Talk it like it's supposed to be. Amen. Then it goes on and said it is so important to listen to the Holy Spirit and let him lead you, let him guide you and direct you because sometimes Christians may stake their passions for God's plan, but listening to the Holy Spirit will help you not make mistakes that toward God's plan for your life. Someone shout amen. Here's your confirmation. Give God a hand clap for praise for a confirmation. Amen. So I want to quickly review Wednesday night since some of y'all are so lazy you can't come. 
You ain't close enough to God to make you come. You don't want enough of God to come. So for the benefit of y'all that were here Wednesday night, I want you to sit there and just enjoy it again. I know it might be a little boring, but I've got to review to everybody else because i got to carry this congregation together, together into the glory realm. Amen? To quickly review it Wednesday night, we spoke about three realms over in the spirit. We talked about three areas in the spirit that God is trying to take us. And we talked about the faith realm. And I shared with you that there are three different types of dimensions in the faith realm. And the first realm is the little faith. Everybody has little faith. That is our faith. That's the first dimension that we go into, into the faith realm. Everybody has a little bit of faith. And then we talk about, as we go on further in our life, we began to have great faith and great faith. And that second dimension believes in God and trust in his holy word and trust in his power and they receive from God. By faith we receive everything from heaven. Someone say amen. amen. And the third dimension in faith is perfect faith. That is the actual faith of God himself. It is the faith of Jesus himself. The Bible says that we were crucified with Jesus Christ and the life that we are living today, we're not living the life that is Jesus to living the life through us and we are living the life of his faith by his faith Jesus is believing for you and when you transfer far enough and transgress far I'm sorry go for transpose far enough into the realm of glory you get to the, the place of perfect faith and from there you began to transition outside of faith and go into the realm of the anointing we talked about faith being the foundation of every other realm in the spirit in order for you to walk under the anointing of the Holy Ghost you have got to be in the realm of faith. They work together, together. Amen. Amen. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number, chapter number 3, verse number 10, the Bible says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and, and another builds thereon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereon on the foundation. And the foundation to receive everything that you need from God is the foundation of faith. Are y'all with me this morning? So when God is about to do something other new for the lack of a better word, God says, I got to come in and I got to lay a new foundation because you can't put new wine in old wine skins. You can't come in and put something new in something that's old. You can't rend an old garment. After a while, the patch will come away from it. A new wine of the Spirit cannot be put into our old traditions. A new wine of the Spirit cannot be put into our old habits. A new wine of the Spirit can't be put in our religious rites. A new wine of the Holy Ghost cannot be put in our new ideas or our new mindset. God said, right now, this minute, in Living Water Worship Center, I am laying a brand new foundation for where I want to carry you in 2021, I've been doing it for several weeks, and I'm getting you ready for something to have an outbreak of the power and the glory of Almighty God. Someone in here shout amen this morning. But we got to be careful how we build on that foundation. The Bible says, now faith. Everybody holler out and say, now faith. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For all of you just missed that there, you've got to have hope to be able to have faith. You must create hope to be able to walk in faith. You've got to have a desire mixed with expectation yeah. to have hope. Yeah. You can have a desire all day long, but if you don't expect it to happen, you will not have faith. I'm sorry, hope. And when you began to mix an expectation with 
your desire, you will create hope. And from there, you begin to act like you already got it. You begin to act different and you create faith. You act with it and put your desire and your expectation together and you create faith. And faith said that you please God. That word means you're in alignment with God. That means you're under the system of God from heaven. You're under the open window of heaven where the veil has been taken away and everything that there is up in heaven can be yours if you're living by, and, and by faith under God's system. Right. Amen. That's right. So he says there, he said, faith is a substance. Look at somebody say it's a substance. Now let me give you a definition of the word substance. Substance is the real physical matter, the ultimate reality that underlies all outward manifestations and change and, and, and literally changes physical material for something made or exists. In other words, faith is tangible. Faith is very touchable. Faith is literally a substance. Faith is the foundation that begins to underlie and support every other thing that you receive in the spirit. If you don't have a lot of faith you need to ask God to touch your faith. You need to ask God for the gift of faith. Everybody just lift up your hand and say Lord help my faith this morning. Amen. Faith is tangible and it has a solid presence. When you're in the presence of faith you can feel it. When you're in the presence of faith you know that God and heaven has come down and touched heaven. The Bible said it's a substance. You can hold it in your hand like I can this cell phone. You can use it like I do the cell phone. You can move in the power of God. It is a substance and it is a power that will literally change and turn around your life. Amen. Amen. It goes on further and it says it is the evidence of the things not seen. Evidence is an outward sign or indication that furnishes proof that the testimony that is being given is true. And God says that faith is the evidence of things that ain't seen. You might not be able to lay it on your natural eye, but your faith knows that it's there. I don't know where God stores healing at, but I know it's there because I'm not supposed to be walking. I'm not supposed to be standing up straight. In fact, you're looking at a miracle. I'm standing before you and my backbone is not even fused to my pelvis. I should be if I'm able to stand up, stand like this. But God said, because my servant is called and anointed to do what needs to be done, I cannot allow him to be broke down in his flesh. He's got to be able to move. And God, through the heavens, in faith reached down and touched my body and stood me straight up. And the doctors say there's four different ropes that runs from my spinal cord that hooks into my, lip, my, my waist to keep me standing upright. And I know that God is a God that can move and I am evidence that faith will do what God says it can do. Amen. We also talked about faith being able to hear and has ears to hear. Slap that beside of you and say, open up them ears. You need to get some spiritual Q-tips out of your, your bathroom and get there and open up your ears. God has been speaking the word of God to you and talking the word of God all of your life. Some of y'all are 60, 70 years old. This ain't the first time you ever heard the gospel of Almighty God. You're still playing with God. It's time for you to get busy. Open up your ears and hear the faith of Almighty God and allow God to move through your life someone say amen. amen. We also talked about faith having eyes to see. Look at somebody say, what are you seeing right now? What are you seeing right now? I'm so sick and tired of hearing all of the negative stuff that's going on. Every church has got problems. I'm going to redo it again. Lord, I'll preach it again since I preached it Wednesday. Every church has got problems. You will always have problems in church because you deal with unperfect people. And if you keep your mind on the problem, you ain't never going to get the solution. You need to get your mind out of the negative stuff and cook the speaking of the very word of faith and get your mind on God. Someone shout amen. 
Faith has eyes to see. We also talked about faith having a voice. In other words, when you get a God's word on the issue, your voice changes. Your words change. You begin to talk different. You begin to act different. You begin to do things differently than you've ever done before. We talked about that you have the word of faith in your mouth. And when you operate in the faith realm speaking, what God has said is yours. You open up the windows of heaven and they come into your life and you can move forward in the power of God. There is no reason why you got to live week to week. There is no reason why you ain't got to have no, you got to have no money in your bank account. There is no reason why you should remain sick because you got the power of life and death in your tongue. And when you begin to speak the word of faith, you are prophesied. In fact, it's not you that's talking. It's Jesus on the inside of you that is prophesying your destiny. And that situation that you in is not your faith. It is only a temporary state. It's time for you to come out from among them and let the power of Almighty God change your life. Someone shout amen. We also talked about faith having flavor. That you can taste it. We also talked about faith actually requires action. We've heard that all of our life. And instead of elaborating on that, I'll just move on. And we want to also talk about that faith refuses things. There's some things that you need to refuse in your life. There's some people in your life right now this morning you need to refuse. There's some telephone calls you need, ref need to refuse to even pick up. There's some people you don't even need to have coming over to your house anymore. There's some people you don't need to be talking to. You need to have some television shows turned off in front of you. You need to refuse some things in the power of Almighty God. When the devil shows up on your porch with a filthy package of disease, you need to turn around and stamp that thing and return it to sender and say, no devil, I've been immunized and inoculated with the blood of Jesus Christ and I got the word of God in my mouth and every word of God brings me my victory and I'm going to live in total victory. You ain't going to hold me down because I got the voice and when I refuse it under my power that God has given me, you can't come in or nigh my dwelling. Someone say amen. I feel like preaching this morning. That right? We kind of finished up and said faith works by love. You can have all the faith in the world but if you don't love me it ain't going to be prosperous. Faith, hope, and charity and of these three, the greatest is charity. In other words, if you love yourself, if you love yourself, you will simply refuse to be depressed all the time. If you love yourself, you will simply refuse to be broke all the time. If you love yourself, you simply refuse not to have you a job to be able to get yourself through this life. If you love yourself, you would not put that mess in your body. If you loved yourself like you said, you would not find yourself in the situations that you are. I want to know this morning how many of you love yourself. Someone here say amen. If you love yourself, then start acting like you love yourself. If you're going to kill yourself, go ahead and jump up on top of the building and jump off of yourself. But if you love yourself, start refusing some stuff and let the faith of God work in you through love because of that love you'll start seeing your body come back together you'll start seeing your joy come back in your life you'll start seeing relationships in your life straighten back out you'll see your family get straightened out you'll see your children come to the church and raise their hands and praise God you need to start operating in love and I'm not telling you to love me you ain't got to love me if you don't want to but if you love yourself you got to love me so start loving yourself and you'll start loving God amen then we finished up at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 in the faith realm. And it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Everybody holler out and say, I've overcome the world. 
And listen to this. And it says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Listen to me. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Your faith. I don't care what the world is telling you. I don't care what the world is dictating to you. I don't care that there's a pandemic out there. I don't care that death is all over the place. I don't care that the devil is rising up in darkness. I don't care that in Portland all the way to Maine and from, from down in Florida all the way to California, people's acting crazy, crazy and riding stuff and demons are crying out because they know what God is fixing to do. I don't care about none of that there because I know that God said that it is our faith that overcomes it and faith will always release the victory of God in my life. It will release the power of God to bring me my victory. Everybody hold out and say, victory is mine this morning. Faith is the beginning of everything that God wants to unfold in your life. Then we moved on a little bit and we talked a little bit further about faith. How many of us are regretting now that you missed Wednesday night? Faith connects you to the realm of the anointing. When you get to the point where you got perfect faith, you can't go no further in the faith realm. You got to move from there because my God is a moving God. He moves out of the faith realm to the anointing realm. And from the anointing realm, he moves to the glory realm. And he's wanting you to, tra to begin to travel from one realm to the next realm to the next realm. And faith begins to connect you to the realm of the anointing. And you walk into the anointing. And the Bible tells me in Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27 that the yoke shall be destroyed by the anointing. Everything that hell has got you held on now, holding you down in the bondage. Everything that's keeping you from being what you need to be in the power of God. God said the anointing will destroy it. Let the anointing of God destroy what the devil's trying to do in your life. Someone give God some praise. Give God some praise this morning. Shout out amen and say destroy it Lord. Destroy it in the name of Jesus. Now that word destroyed in the Hebrew means to put to an end the existence of something by damaging it to the point where it cannot be put back together. In other words, it means to utterly obliterate it into little pieces. So God says that when the anointing shows up on a scene that he'll come in and whatever hell is done in your life, he'll blow it up like a firebomb. And when he blows it up that you won't be able to find the pieces in the jigsaw puzzle to put it back together. Thank God for the anointing family that showed up in my life and blew up that devil's hell in my life. And now the devil for many years has tried to put it back together. But my God has said it's the anointing that has destroyed that yoke. And you'll never be able to put it back together in Kip Nance's life because he's moved into the realm of the anointing. Somebody call out and say amen. The anointing, we said, allows you to do something that you cannot do on your own. Allows you to do something that you don't have the strength to do. It gives you the power to overcome every trial that you will face in your life. I told you that the anointing is the manifested power of God showing up. And the only way that that power works for you is if you'll lose control of yourself, you'll lose control of your body, you'll lose control of your mouth, and you allow God to take control of you. Somebody say amen. amen. So. The anointing changes men. The Bible says that the anointing when it came upon Saul made him a different individual. He talked differently. He acted differently. He looked differently. I want everybody to look at this lady right over here in the green. When God begins to move on this woman, you need to go to her and look at her because her eyes changes color. It turns to an ocean top blue. I know when God is moving in that woman's life, her, by her eyes begin to look like the swirl of an ocean. It's a change on the inside of her when the anointing hits her and God will do the same 
came for you. God will change you in a mighty power way. You need to see the manifest power of God show up in your life. And God said, I not only change men, I will change things and I will change the atmosphere by my anointing. When you walked in this house this morning, you ought to walk in here under the anointing. And when you walked in here and sat down on that pew, it should have changed that pew that you're sitting in. When you came to here today, you should have brought the power of Almighty God with you. When you stopped at the grocery store, the post office, it should be a changed building when you walked out of there because we got the power of Almighty God in our life. We're walking in the word of faith and the anointing destroys and defeats every yoke that hell has in our life. Amen. And we talked about three different expressions of the anointing. Number one, it was the pouring out of the anointing or to be poured on. It's like taking this anointing oil up here and to pour it over the top of you. Where is my anointing? There it is. And pour it completely over the top of you. The other dimension in the anointing is that you have it smeared all over you. And, 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 and Paul, uh, David tells us in Psalm chapter number 22 that the reason why he said thou anointest my head is because when they had these flies that were out there running to the sheep, they would go up into their nose and they create an infection and it would drive the sheep crazy and he would run and have rabid sheep into the rocks and bust his head wide open. You see, if you don't have the anointing of God in your life, you are God's sheep and the devil is the Lord of the flies. And when them flies get into your life, you'll be so stupid that you and you want so much relief that you'll wrap your head into a rock and kill your crazy self. But the anointing of God smeared on you is the protection of God on your life from every fly that there is from hell. I want you to know, devil, there ain't no imp from hell that you can send because the anointing of God has been smeared on me. He's covered me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Wherever I go, I've got the power of Almighty God. And if you get a little bit or you can walk through a little bit, I can turn it right back around on you and it will not accomplish the purpose that you have because God's got me here for purpose. Is anybody alive in living water this morning? The third dimension is to be rubbed in. That means the marinating of the anointing. So you have the pouring out of the anointing. You have the smearing on of the anointing. And then you got the rubbing in of the anointing. In other words, you get God rubbed in on the inside of you. It's like you're marinating meat to be able to be cooked. And I want to tell you, sometimes when the anointing hits me, I feel like that I'm being cooked. I got so much power and so much heat in my body. At that point, I feel like I'm fixing to have a heat stroke. I'm about ready to kick these shoes off of here because my feet are already just as red as they could possibly be this morning. And I'm dripping sweat all the way down because the power and the anointing of Almighty God is moving in my life. And the power of God says the anointing will begin to be rubbed on the inside of you. And when it is, you get from the first level to the second level to the third dimension of the anointing. Then he's going to carry you somewhere else. Look at somebody and say, there's more for you. The first two realms of the anointing deals with the Spirit of God upon you. The Spirit of God being smeared on you. The Spirit of God being poured over you. The third dimension is when the Spirit of God is rubbed in you. It's talking about the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And when you get the Spirit of God on the inside of you and He fills up your whole temple, when He fills up your temple, you've got to move from that anointing realm and you've got to go into the glory realm. Slap that beside of you and say, we're entering into the glory realm this morning. Find another say, enter on into the glory realm. I know some of you are scared to death right now. 
Now, when the river of God flows from heaven out of his throne and comes down from the throne all the way to the earth, the Bible tells me that we are enabled by the supernatural power of Almighty God to swim in the waters that are up over our head. In other words, when God is moving in the anointing, the anointing enables us to go swimming. How many of you here like to go swimming? Amen? Am I talking to anybody? Amen? Well, I'll tell you how many of you know that swimming is laboring work. It's really hard, isn't it? I can't swim for a long time. But let me share something other with you. When the anointing comes, the anointing enables you so that you can swim in the river of the living water of Almighty God. But when the glory comes, God disables you. So why is it, Janice, that God would enable you in one minute and then he'd disable you in the next minute? Sounds a little ironic. Why is it that God said you can do anything that you can do? I can do all things through Christ Jesus that lives in me. And he tells you all of that stuff. And then after a while, he says, I'm going to totally disable you so that I can do what I need to do. That's when you enter into the glory realm. How many here with me today? So when God finally enables us, he tells us that you're going to have to go into the, 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 the power of Almighty God and go into that realm of the anointing and you can go swimming. But after a while, everybody say after a while, after a while, while you swimming gets so hard on you that you can't go. That's why I can't preach no longer than maybe an hour, an hour and a half. I'm going to tell you, after I preach an hour, I have preached enough to the point to where I've worked a 40-hour week. I am tired. I am given out. I know what it's like to be under the anointing. But I'm going to tell you, God has said, Kip Nash, because of your health, because of how things is in your life, and because you're simply getting old, you can't rely on the anointing anymore. You've got to get over into the glory realm because I'm in a situation right now, Thelma, that where I'm out there trying to swim in the anointing of Almighty God, and there are some tidal waves that's coming and crashing down on me. And God said, when you get in the glory realm, that's when i got to teach you how you're going to go surfing. Everybody look at somebody and say, you need to learn how to go surfing this morning. Mm -hmm. Hey, dude, how you doing? When the glory realm shows, you began to start surfing. But when you're swimming, the Bible says that you are laboring. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says to us, he said, Let us therefore labor, labor therefore, to enter into the rest. There is a labor for you to get to a place in your life of ease. How many would just love to have one day of ease in your life? I know Mary would love to have one day that, that Stan ain't worrying her slammed to death. I know that Tanya would love one day that her children ain't worrying her slammed to death. I'm going to tell you here today, God said there is a place of rest with me, but you got to labor until you get there. And when you get there, that's when everything starts coming easy to you. You begin to surf on the waves of the glory of Almighty God. I'm going to tell you today, I'm going to win the gold medal in the power of Almighty God surfing on the waves of the glory. I have got to the point to where I'm so hungry for the power of God to show up. I'm going to be hitting the beach every day with my surfboard spiritually and I'm going surfing on the ways of glory. It's going to be just like riding those ways over yonder in Hawaii. Go up under it. Come out of it. Somebody say, I don't know how to what he made it through it. But I know God said, I'm going to make it easy for you. Slap that beside me. Say, it's about to get a whole lot easier for you. Say it again like you mean. Speak the word of faith and say, it's about to get a whole lot easier for you because you're going to enter into the glory. 
When you enter into the glory, it's not you carrying yourself anymore. It's not you being empowered so that you can carry yourself. It is the Holy Ghost carrying you. It's when the Holy Ghost begins to come in and intercede for you. In other words, it ain't you doing what you doing. It's the Holy Ghost doing exactly what He needs to do in your life when He needs to do it, to who He needs to do it, and how He needs to do it. And He'll do it. And when He does it, He does it effectively. He does it perfect the first time. And you never got to worry about things anymore. How many of you would love to have one day that you ain't got to worry about nothing no more. Let's slap that beside and say, we'll enter into the glory realm. The Bible says, let us labor into that rest. That word labor in the Hebrew, I'm sorry, in the Greek there, is to use speed, to be quick about it, to make effort, to be prompt, to be earnest, and to have some eagerness so that you can get into the rest. Slap that beside of you and say, there is still a rest for you. Slap that one beside you. So there is still a rest for you. Enter into that, and you got to labor in it. you got to get high to the point to where you get on speed, so to speak, and you're going to get it done. Some of y'all need to literally get a little bit faster than what you are. God ain't happy with you creeping in to his power in his realm. He wants some Christians that are willing to swim as hard as they can and run as hard as they can to enter into the rest. Someone shout amen like you mean. So it's time that God said, I'm going to start taking Living Water Worship Center and I'm going to teach them how to flow in the glory. Smile at somebody and say, let's go with the flow. Oh, I feel that this morning. Let's go with the flow. You see, you got to press into the anointing. But when you press into the anointing, you go from the place of being empowered so you can carry yourself to where the Holy Ghost now is carrying you. He's carrying you through the grocery store. He's carrying you through all those problems. He's carrying you. It's not your faith that's holding you together. It's the Holy Ghost of God that's holding you together. Everybody else would have threw their hands up, put a gun to their head, and blow their brains out. The reason why you're here today is not because you're weak. You're strong. You know that you had to get to the house of God because you need the power of the Holy Ghost next week. But everything that the world is going to throw at you, and you need to rise up in the power of Almighty God, and let's go with the flow. Smile at somebody. Say, I'm going with the flow. I'm going with the flow. He said, there's a rest waiting for you. I love this. Boy, I'm telling you, I don't think you've ever heard this before. He said, you labor, speed up, hurry, do it with an eagerness. He said, make an effort for it. Be prompt about it. If you're supposed to, you get out there and you work as hard as you can because there's a rest waiting for you. He ain't talking about a rest up in heaven. He's talking about a rest here on this earth. There's a rest for you. You ain't got to be bombarded and worried up and broken, busted and disgusted and to, and to sit here to the point disappointed in life. You can have the power of God in your life. You can give God the glory and the power and you can come in and praise Him with some godly, joyful lips. And God said, I can enter you into the rest, but you got to put an effort there to get there. But once you get there, I'm going to carry you into my rest. Everybody say, I'm going in His rest. That word in the Hebrew means to settle down. Oh, listen now. It also means to colonize. Yes, Spirit, work it out right now. So I'm going to colonize your life. When you enter into that rest and you're in the glory and you're flowing in the glory, God says, I'm going to settle you down. I'm going to settle down and I'm going to colonize your life. Many of you don't even know what I'm talking about. You see, in order for you to have something colonized, it means you are planted or settled with a number of subjects of a kingdom 
from another country. It means that when England came and took over the United States of America many, many years ago, they didn't come over here and let America make their own government. They took their people and sent them over here so that we would be English. And they colonized here on this earth and created 13 colonies in the United States of America. So we speak English. We talk like English. We refer to the king. We still have English in us. We are from English background, so to speak. So God says, when I finally get you into the rest, he said, I'm going to colonize your life. Amen. You ain't got me now. He says, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to send the Holy Ghost into your life and he's going to settle down and he's going to sit in his throne and he's going to bring some angels in your life and they're going to settle down and they're going to sit down and they're going to start colonizing your life. They're going to start living and taking up habitation in your life. They're going to be laying on your bed. They're going to be sitting there at your dining room. They're going to be in your church. They're going to be in your life. They're going to be at your job. They're going to be in your relationship. They're going to be in the bed when you weren't ready to go to sleep with somebody you ain't married with. They're going to be sitting there talking to you. You need to understand what the power of Almighty God said. He said, I'm fixing to colonize your life. When you walk into the ABC store and you want to grab that liquor bottle, he said, I'm going to be the angel of Almighty God stationed right there beside that bud line to let you know that you can't have this and have God. You need to realize God said, I'm fixing to settle down in your life and I'm going to colonize you. And God said, live in water, baby. I'm fixing to send the angels of Almighty God, the Holy Ghost. I'm about to send them here to where they'll colonize this church and when you walk in here, you can't help but praise God because God says, I'm colonizing living water. Give God some praise this morning. I feel like preaching. So the realm of glory is when God and God's kingdom has settled in. And he settles in to cultivate stuff. That word colonize means he cultivates stuff. That means he's preparing the area and he's preparing the people for kingdom rule. Some of y'all right now are so hard-headed I can't get across to you. Nothing that God's got to say. But let me share something with you. It ain't Kip Nancy's problem no more. In fact, I told you Wednesday night, Kip Nancy's dead and he's in the grave. You need to understand, this is the prophet of Almighty God that's sitting here to get this place prepared for the rule of the kingdom of Almighty God. And God said, I'm about to take that hard-headedness and throw it out of your life because God said, you're mine. The devil don't own you. I paid the price and you will not sit there and dishonor me anymore. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. Thank you. So it's preparing the area and the people in it for kingdom rule. And then he said, the next thing I do is I come in and I plant commerce. Everybody holler out and say commerce. commerce. What's commerce? That's when you got things interchanging from one realm to the next. When you got interstate commerce, you're going from North Carolina to Virginia and you're buying something in Virginia and you're bringing it back into North Carolina. And God said, what I'm fixing to do is I'm setting enough of stuff up and getting people prepared for the kingdom rule so that at any time you need to take something from heaven and transport it from heaven down here to the earth, he said, you can go right on up through the window of heaven and you can grab it and you can drive it right on back down to the earth and you can sit here on the earth and colonize it and set up an interchange that where anything you want can be done. The internet was not created by man. It was created by God. All you got to do is pray and immediately you're already up in heaven. All you got to do is ask and 
what God said, whatever you ask is yours. He said, I'll send it to you. And when I send it to you, it's there immediately. God said, when I come in, I'm going to set up my glory realm and I'm going to get the commerce acting in the church. So get ready. Everybody look at somebody say, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Here come the gift of faith. Here come the gift of the anointing. Here comes the gift of the miracles. Here comes the gift of God. We're going to start seeing people that are literally sick and down on their deathbed. Get back up out of their deathbed. We're going to see the power of God in this church and I am going to be part of it that gets it ruled and ready for the kingdom of God. We're going to have an open interchange from here to heaven. Somebody shout amen like you made it this morning. So we're going to start interchanging. Look at somebody say, buy some stuff from God. Get some stuff from God. He said, come buy milk from me. Come buy gold from me. Come buy everything you need. If you're blind, buy some eyes. If you got this, if you need the healing from cancer, come get it from me. I got it from you. Amen. So not only will he cultivate, not only will he set up commerce, he said, I'm going to come in in the glory realm and I'm going to set up and plant the kingdom defense. Everybody holler out and say defense. Mm, boy, I like that. Oh, that means that the battle ain't mine. It's the Lord's. It means that wherever I go, there are angels out there lying in wait. You think you can get something out of me? Come right on and jump on if you want to, boy. Because you ain't jumping on Kip Nash. He's dead and he's in the grave. You're jumping on God. You're jumping on the Holy Ghost. You're jumping on an angel that's got enough of power in the Bible. He wiped out 186,000 men in one night. If you think you're powerful enough to lay your mouth on me, go right ahead and you do it. I ain't got to worry about it anymore because God will take those words and put it right back on you. The angel of Almighty God is in my life. He's camped up ambushments in your life. Get ready, devil, because here comes the angel power of Almighty God and God said I am the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the angel armies of God and because I got an open window of heaven and the veil has been removed, I can call the host of heaven at any time and release the angel army of God. I want you to know Blaine Burrow's about to get saved, Lumberton's about to get saved, Elizabeth Town, Clinton, Tabor City, a white boy, every area in this area is about to get saved because some old boy down yonder redneck from the jail, but at least that God said, I got the power to help God set up the glory realm right here in living water. So he's going to cultivate, bring commerce, and set up the defense. And it says he's going to do it not just for time. That word rest means forever, eternally, for a permanent residence. Get ready to feel God, see God. Experience God, taste God, feel God, and lay your hands on God, feel the fire of Almighty God. God said, I am coming to earth, I'm coming to live in water, and I'm setting up my throne right here in this church. And now when you come here, you're coming into the throne zone of God. You better be careful how you approach this church. You better be careful how you walk into this building. You better be careful how you ride by and what you say. You better be careful how you're playing around with the throne room of Almighty God. This is the throne of God and he said I've set up my kingdom and here I am bringing this house in the rest well I preached this morning a whole lot better some of y'all shout Psalms 22 and 3 says but thou art holy O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel we've heard the preacher say praise the Lord because he inhabits the praise of his people that word, inhabit, is the word yashab. And it literally means to come and sit down as a judge. 
It means to come in and sit down in ambushments. It means to come in and to dwell and remain and to sit down for long periods of time. I want you to realize and understand it is the same word that we find later on in the scriptures. And we're going to see exactly what God is talking about. God says, I desire to come and sit down and set my throne up in a place that is praising my name and my power, giving honor and blessing and might unto my glory. And it goes on there and it says the king will literally bless. It goes on. It says that thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of the country, of, of, of the people of Israel. And the word praises there means laudation. It means a hymn. It means to praise by expressing a personal worthiness to someone else. But to do it so in a song, do it by applauding, do it by dancing, do it by shouting, to do it by being clamorously foolish, do it by literally raving and celebrating and be loud enough to where you literally can get God's attention and bring him down in this realm and sit down and sit on his throne. Yeah. How many of you just went to a party? No. Oh, I saw you at that party. You think I'm crazy? I've seen you out there on the last floor. But you walked in this church and you sat down in this church and cross your arms like this. Let me tell you something about my brother and my sister. I ain't got to worry about it anymore. God said I'm about ready to move. That's right. That's right. I'm about to move. 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 i That was from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I want you to hear me, and I want you to hear me this morning. God said, right now, this minute, I'm going to begin to do something in you that's going to make you lift up your voice. Amen. I'm going to do something in you that'll make you get crazy. I'm going to get something in you to make you act out of yourself. Right. I'm going to tell you what, I know everyone that has got a loud voice, I've heard you before. I've seen you before. I've heard you when you holler at your youngin'. I've heard you when you holler at somebody you don't like. It's time for you to raise your voice and praise the God that brought you out of the mess you yeah. He said, I inhabit the praises of my country people. He said, I inhabit the praises of my people. And I do so when they began to praise me with a loud voice. They began to sing and they began to clap and they began to jump up and down and they began to party and have a celebration. God is ready to sit down as your judge when you begin to praise him. How many of you need God to act on the devil right now? Then you need to start praising him. You need to quit sitting there and have somebody to prime you up to get you to praise God. You need God to judge somebody in your life. Praise Him. God said He'll sit down and ambush around your enemy when you start singing out louder than you've ever sung before. That's why we sing that song, Freedom. I want to sing a little louder than I've ever sung before. I want to shout a little bit louder than I've sung, shouted before. I want to jump a little bit higher than I've jumped before. I want to literally shout a little bit louder than I've ever shouted before. Why? Because when you do, God comes down, sets up his throne room, and he sets angels out there and ambushments. He literally begins to rule on your case with the devil himself. He begins to sit down and station the warrior angels of Almighty God to get ready for attack. He literally comes against your enemy. The more you shout, the more angels come. The the more you shout, the more angels come. The more you lift up your voice, God sits down and he settles your issues once and for all. Every time you celebrate his power, God is straightening out something that you can't straighten out yourself. That's right. Amen. Freedom. 
Try to somebody say just shout a little bit. Praise him just a little bit. Try to somebody say another sinner in the glory realm. Some things in the spirit you can't touch and grasp it by faith alone. Some things in the spirit you cannot get it by the realm of the anointing. It can't be released by the anointing. That's why you got to learn how to bring forth the glory. That's why you got to learn how to get the glory in your life. Faith says God's present. Oh, but the anointing says that God rewards. But the glory of Almighty God says, I am that that I am. I will be what I need to be when I need to be it, to who I need to be it, how I need to be it, to show the people of this world that you are my child and I am your God. I am that I am. If I need to be lice, I'll be lice. If I need to be a frog, I'll be a frog. If I need to be money, I'll be money. If I need to be healing, I'll be healing. If I need to be your power, I'll be your power. If I need to be your vessel, I'll be your vessel. Whatever you need me to be, that's what I'm going to be. But I can only be what I'm going to be in the realm of glory. And the only way you can get it is to get into the glory realm. The only way you can get it is to speak the word of faith, move in the anointing, swim and empower yourself in the living water of Almighty God so that you can start surfing the ways of glory of Almighty God and let the Holy Ghost take care of all hell is trying to do to you. Am I preaching this morning under the power of Almighty God? But how much longer are you going to sit there and live like you're dead under the glory of God? In a moment's time, the glory of God can literally capture your miracle. And in the moment of glory, it'll overshadow every difficult situation that you got in your life. The glory of God is not limited by time. The glory of God is not limited by space. The glory of God is not limited by your circumstance. The glory of God is not limited by the mind of man. The glory of God is not limited by the earthly ability of a man. The glory of Almighty God is eternal. The glory of Almighty God flows. The glory of God flows in those dimensions with every good gift and comes down from heaven, comes down from the Father of life. There are no limitations in the glory realm. There are no restrictions. The glory realm of Almighty God and literally cannot be bound up and there is no restraint. When God shows up, everything is going to change. So what is the glory? The glory is God himself. It is God in his fullness. The glory is God's manifest presence. And it is when God's presence is clearly visible to the point to where the eye can see it and we can understand it. Not only do we see it, but we understand it. It's when the glory of Almighty God shows up. It's when the glory of God manifests His presence. And when God's presence is clearly visible. And you began to see the glory cloud of God come into the church. When you began to see the light of Almighty God. When you began to see the Holy Ghost walk around in a gas vapor. When you began to see the angels show up in this church. That's when you get into the glory. The glory is God's character, is His nature, is His ability, is His provision, is everything that God is. It is His weight and is His splendor and His majesty. It is everything God is and is everything God has. Look at somebody, slap them, and say, "Let's enter into the glory." Are you ready to enter into the glory? Are you really? Everything about God is glorious. Everything about Him is glorious, and God wants you to know Him in fullness. And the fullness of you to receive everything about him. His fullness right now. He is the God of glory. God wants you to know him. I'm not talking about something you can't know. I want you to invite him into your life right now. Say, come on in right now. Let the glory of God come. Amen. Now I'm going to finish. 
Psalms 138 and 4 says unto us, All the kings of the earth shall praise the Lord when they hear the words of the mouth out of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Everybody say that with me. Great is the glory of the Lord. Look at somebody else and say, Great is the glory of the Lord. Everybody holler out and say, Devil, great is the glory of the Lord. What that word great there means in Hebrew is it magnifies. It gets bigger. The glory of the Lord gets bigger. It increases in size. It increases in position. It increases in power. It increases in ability. And when man hears the word of Almighty God and they begin to confess the word of Almighty God and they begin to praise God in their hands and praise their God with their mouth, raising up their hands and they begin to do so, it opens up the windows up in heaven. And when you confess it, God's glory gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The more you praise Him, the bigger He gets. The more you shout, the bigger He gets. The more you sing, the bigger He gets. The more you preach, the bigger He gets. The more you run, the bigger he gets. The more you shout and jump, the more bigger he gets. The more you pray, the bigger he gets. God said, great is my glory. Our glory is magnifying in this hour right now. Get ready for a glory cloud of God in this church and a storm from his glory. He's fixing to magnify something in this house. Amen. So the more you praise him, the bigger his glory gets. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. Isaiah said, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting in his throne, high lifted up, and his train filled the temple. He said he was sitting high. That word sitting high is the same word that I shared with you just a little while ago in Psalms 22, where he says, I come and I sit down and I dwell. I set up my thrones on. I set it up so that I'm there. I set up my angels for ambushments. And he said there in the temple, he said, I started seeing God sitting on his throne. He was high and lifted up in his glory. And his glory filled the temple. What happens when God's glory shows up? The temple gets filled with the glory of Almighty God. And when the temple gets filled with the glory of God, all sickness and all poverty and all dis-ease in your body has got to leave. When God sets into the temple, everything that is not glorious has got to go because God is a God of light. Everything that's dark on the inside of you has got to go. We need the glory right now more than we've ever needed it in our life. Am I preaching to anybody here this morning? We have got to determine that we're going to open up more and more and more and more of the glory of Almighty God. Because in the glory, there is your increase. In the glory, there is your abundance. In the glory, there is your healing. In the glory, there is your wholeness. In the glory, there is provision for everything that you will ever need. In the glory, there is your prosperity. In the glory, there is deliverance. In the glory, everything you need, God said, you can have it right now. He went on to say, he said that above that throne, there stood to some, to some seraphim. And that word in the seraphim means the angels of fire. God said that they were the pillar of fire. That's the angels with Jesus Christ that led the children of Israel out of Egypt. He said over the throne zone, over the throne where the kingdom and the Shekinah glory is, there was the angels of the seraphim. And they were flying out from one place to the other. And they were shouting out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
And when they spoke, the very post in the temple began to shake. You see, God ain't got to be the one to speak. The angel of God's got the power of Almighty God. The angel of fire can speak and shake you up. I'm telling you, I'd heap rather have an angel speak to me if I'm not living right than God to speak to me. And God said, I'm about to speak to some of y'all personally, myself. And God said that at that point on, he said that it went on and they cried out that the power of Almighty God was there. The post moved and the smoke of God filled the whole temple up. That was a glory cloud. That was the pillars of the, of the fire. And when the glory of God appears, every bit of discord and every bit of disunity has got to go. Every problem has got to go. All your difficulties have to go. Am I talking to anybody this morning? But the temple that God is interested in today, Ben, is not this brick building. Now, this building has an anointing on it. This location has an anointing on it. But it ain't got the glory on it. It's had the glory visited every now and again. But it only visited it because somebody that was sitting on the pew had it in them. You see, the temple that God is interested in today is you. Paul said, what? Know you not that you aren't the temple of Almighty God? And he lives on the inside of you? He is interested in you. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The fire and the smoke of his presence must manifest in your life on a daily basis. And you got to start welcoming it. You got to start expecting it. You got to start literally rejoicing in it. You got to start entering into the glory of Almighty God. Why? Because the veil has already been taken away. God has already opened up the windows of heaven for him to come down in your life. I want this church here this morning. I want you to start inviting the glory cloud of God in your temple. I want you to raise your hand right now. Say, glory of God, come in my temple. Right now, come in my temple. Invite him into your temple right now. Invite the fire of the seraphim into your temple right now. I want you to invite the glory cloud of Almighty God into your vessel right now, this minute. I want you to release that glory of Almighty God to your family. Release it to your husband. Release it to your friends. Release it to your co-workers. Release it to your brothers and your sisters. Let the glory of God surround your life so that you can carry a new dimension of the goodness and the grace of Almighty God with you wherever you go. Somebody holler out and invite the Holy Ghost into your life right now. Expect the power of Almighty God. How can you sit there and not worship the God that saved you? Is it that you ain't saved? Do you need to be delivered? What's your problem? What are you going to go to hell? What are you going to go to hell? Why can't you praise the God that died for you? Is it because somebody's going to look at you? That ain't me. I don't care if it's you or not. God said exactly the way you live for hell, you live for him. If you got drunk for good hell, you get drunk for God. If you had a concert go stupid when the Beatles is playing or when KJ Crew or whoever it is is playing, then you get up here and you go crazy for God. You give your hands and your vessel and your voice to God just like you gave it to the devil. Why can't you pray? Why can't you? I need to know. Why can't you? Why can't you? 
Why are you still sitting there looking like that you need to go to the funeral home right now? Why? Is it because he didn't do enough for you? Is it because that right now you don't even believe he's real? Is it because you want to be able to have things the way you want to have them? Because you don't think he's coming? Let me tell you something else. He's coming very yes, soon. He very soon. Yeah. He's not looking at it's going to be a miracle from God. We need to get serious with Almighty God. I want you to raise your hands in this house this morning, and I want you personally to invite the glory of Almighty God in that I don't care if you like me or not. I'm not called to be like me. I'm called for you to make it to heaven. I'm called for you to hear the word of God. I wonder how much longer you're going to sit there and let the devil rob you of your joy. I wonder how much longer you're going to let hell come into your life and destroy what's going on in your life. I'm not crazy. I'm here to tell you the truth. It's time for you to hear the truth. You ain't going to find no joy nowhere. You ain't going to find no peace nowhere. You've got to find it in the glory of Almighty God because the Holy Ghost is inviting you to come up a little bit higher. He wants you to come up a little bit higher. He wants you to sin wherever you are in the very presence of Almighty God. I still don't understand why you can't praise the Lord. He wants to show you some wonderful things. He wants to reveal His glory to you and through you. Now this morning, God has given you a personal invitation. He has said to you right now, this minute, there is no limitation in the glory realm. He is telling you there is no boundaries in the glory realm. He is telling you there is no distance in the glory realm. There is no longer a component of you being as old as you are anymore. He's calling everybody here in this house this morning up a little bit higher. He's calling you to get out of the mind of man and get into the mind of the miraculous and the mind of the Holy Ghost. He's inviting you to come up higher. He's inviting you to come up higher. He's inviting you to join the angels singing holy, 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 holy unto God. And he's telling you, and he's telling me right now, that there's somebody he will never invite again.
verse this morning because you said there's no more limitation. There's no more boundaries. But Lord, as their pastor, I'm not going to sit here and ask them to move to you because they determined that they're not going to.
respond to you, to move to you, and you just, and they've decided that they didn't want to. So for those that would rather have their week the same way or worse this week coming up, Father, all I can tell you is I delivered the word this morning. You do with them as you see fit. Father, this day and this hour, Lord God, is not a
instead of sitting here and wearing it out, you're dismissed.